Coming up on Stu Does America, how similar is COVID-19 to the common flu? We break down the similarities and the differences. And how our world has changed, I mean, since the beginning of this whole virus thing. Wow. We get into what lifestyle changes we should keep and what other ones we should lose. And Sarah Gonzalez tells us how suburban moms in her neighborhood are turning on each other during quarantine. Last I checked, we were at like something like almost 18,000 YouTube followers from scratch in just a few weeks. I mean, thank you so much for doing that. Tell your friends and family about the show. And let's see if we can pass that number or, you know what, just go there. Enjoy the show completely free on YouTube, Facebook, Pluto TV, wherever you get your podcasts. Be sure to give us a high rating and a short and sweet review. I mean, it's not going to take much time. Something like, um, it's great, whatever. Or if you've got the right stuff, consider becoming a Blaze TV uh, member at blazetv.com slash stew. If you use the promo code stew, we'll knock 30 bucks off your price. And that's how they know you like this stupid show. So go ahead, do that. That'd be great. blazetv.com slash stew. I have a bold claim to make, one that might interest you. After tonight, you will not hear me speak the word coronavirus a single time through the rest of the week, which is one day. But there's a hell of a statement to make these days. A coronavirus-free show tomorrow. Don't miss it. Stu does America. One of the best parts about going through a national crisis is our incredible ability to realize that this is an important moment where we can harness all of our collective abilities and energies to crap all over someone on the Internet. It's so inspiring. Twitter in particular is an amazing place where not only is everyone completely right, but they're so obviously right that anyone questioning anything they say is either a charlatan, a moron or in on it. It's such a reassuring feeling, isn't it? One thing destroying lives all around America is any evidence of a comparison to the flu. You can go back and watch our unfortunately named episode Stu Does Dr. Drew this week for one example of this happening, but it's a common refrain. And in that episode, I argued for giving people a break for incorrect analysis uh, of this pandemic in its early days. I mean, unless, you know, the person you're talking about is Nancy Pelosi. She's just awful. She shouldn't get any break. But I didn't, uh, you know, spend any time on the actual meat of the claim. Is COVID-19 really like the flu? So let's just go through this for for fun, because I'm willing to throw my career down the tubes, whatever. I mean, look, we're doing a coronavirus free show tomorrow. Everyone tells me I'm supposed to talk about it all the time. But you know what? Tomorrow, take a step back. We've committed to it now publicly on the air. And now let's just jump into another controversy. Maybe they'll throw us off before we even do the show. Is this the flu? Hmm. I'm going to talk for a second before answering that question. So the media matters of the world and the rest of them. Uh, you know, have to at least make an edit before taking me out of context. But the answer is yes, asterisk. Okay, I put the word asterisk actually in the graphic so they couldn't just show a still frame of me without having to Photoshop the image. I don't know if it's going to work, but I'm going to give it a shot. But the flu is not the worst thing to think about when you're talking about COVID-19. No edits here because I haven't explained why yet. First, the obvious. Yes, it's also a virus, right? Okay. the reason that is important is that it communicates easily that it spreads, you know, like a virus. It spreads in similar ways. People might not remember to wash their hands all the time, but they do know not to get too close to a sick person and to make out with someone coughing up a lung. It's also consistent generally to the flu, because for most, it's going to be an inconvenience. If you happen to get it, it's going to suck. 
We might get really sick, but that's about all. Unfortunately for some, it could be deadly. So no need to freak out, but there is a need to be careful and try not to make out with infected people as often. I mean, I don't want you to (laughs) take it out of your life completely. Those are the similarities, but there are plenty of differences, too. And the biggest one to remember is, yes, it's the flu year one. The flu year one really, really, really sucked. You know the Spanish flu happened in 1918 because it was a big freaking deal. It's probably the only thing you know about 1918. Between 1918 and 1919, it's believed that 500 million people got the flu, killing about 50 million people worldwide and 675,000 in the United States alone. And it's not like it was some, you know, Gwyneth Paltrow killing virus from the movie Contagion either. Scientists who look at the virus, virus itself sort of shrug their shoulders. The CDC says, quote, the properties that made it so devastating are not so well understood. Now, I feel comfortable. I don't know about you. The main issue, uh, of course, is, I mean, can you believe that? We're 102 years later, like, I don't know really what made it so devastating. It kind of sounds, it didn't sound that bad. The main issue that gave the people of 1918 so much trouble was they had no defenses for it. That's where we are today. They had no vaccine. They had no treatments. They had no testing. When an unknown virus hits you and you have none of these defenses, you're screwed. If you just kind of let it get passed around and do nothing. Some cities said, "Ah, yeah, let's screw it, like Philadelphia. Uh, They held parades with hundreds of thousands of people. Uh, We've got a little chart here to show you. 748 people uh, per 100,000 died. It was really, really sad, had a really bad peak. It was freaking ugly. Some cities did all the stuff we're doing now, like avoiding the hell out of each other, which sometimes, I mean, look, we're going to go back to regular life. You're going to be like, gosh, remember when we used to get to just avoid each other and put on masks so we didn't have to look at each other and remember when we didn't have to talk to each other or shake hands or any of that you're going to be like looking back at this fondly one day but not now Uh, st louis did it kind of the way we're doing it now and what they saw was a much lower peak initially they tried to take the restrictions off and it went back up remember that for a few months later Um, and their death rate wound up being about half that of philadelphia look this is a large part of the reason you're watching tiger king at home right now Not exactly breaking news to tell you that when you interact with three people over a six-week period instead of 600, you're a lot less likely to get sick or make a friend or have an economy. But we'll get to that later in the show. So yes, flu year one really, really sucked. But guess what? Flu year 102 also still really sucks. Think about this. It's a century later, and we still have tens of thousands of people dying from the flu every year. How does this happen? How is it happening still? And how is this our example of some wussy disease we shouldn't worry about? Ah, it's just a flu. Don't worry about it. This little bastard has been haunting us for 100 years, killing over a half a million people worldwide. And we're saying it's only the flu. Only the flu. The flu sucks. And we shouldn't just blow it off. In fact, when we're done with all this crap, I am personally going on the dark web and putting out a hit on the flu. It's my little gift to you. But Stu, the flu mortality rate is only 0.1%. Yes, that's true. Yes, it is. That's different. However, the flu mortality rate is 0.1%. It's not 0.1% in an environment where we do nothing. It's 0.1% when we have 50% of the nation vaccinated. We have a vaccine for that, and still 50,000 people can die in a year. And let's not forget, we also have four approved treatments. And still, 
We're losing all of these people year after year after year after year. People keep saying, oh, they hope the COVID-19 situation is seasonal. And I, man, I'm not so sure about that. It would be great in the short term because we get a break for the next few months. Maybe we get to go outside, maybe have an ice cream cone. Uh, maybe, I don't know, have a little fun, go to a pool, do something enjoyable. That would be really, really great, wouldn't it? On the other hand, I don't want to deal with this a-hole every year. COVID is not my friend. Okay. Imagine a world where we have the flu, okay, but no one gets vaccinated. No one gets treatment. Probably hundreds of thousands of people would die even today. And that's why President Trump has taken these drastic measures. If we did nothing, this thing would really kick our ass. I mean, it's kicking our ass already. Remember, the flu is less contagious. We don't know exactly how contagious COVID is yet. We won't know that, honestly, until all this is over. We'll never really get a great number on that until we look back in retrospect. But it appears to be at least twice as contagious and maybe more than the flu. And the flu is less deadly. The most optimistic reports so far have COVID at 0.7% mortality, which is seven times as high as the flu. I, of course, being your, your loving host and epidemiologist, Still think it'll be a little lower than that. I think when it all comes out, when they look back at these reports, they're going to find that it's lower than 0.7%. But, you know, there's arguments that it could be higher, too. I might be engaging in a lot of wishful thinking here. The bottom line is it's very difficult to come up with a situation where it's only as bad as the flu, which I remind you still sucks. And as we've grown as a nation, we have more people and more people living in cities. And they're all kind of all together. And that's why New York is a bigger disaster than Wyoming. Okay, Um, and that may very well continue to be the situation. But we have to watch every area closely until we know how to deal with this thing. So we have a more contagious, more deadly virus with no defenses and a larger, more urban population. This is why Uncle Don has you home watching Ozark. Okay, it's not because he's just itching to jam the economy into reverse while going 85 on the highway during an election year. This is not our idea of fun. I understand that. But I assure you, this is not his idea of fun either. Who does America? You know, a lot of days I go to the microwave and I open it up to put in, because I'm a a big cook. So, you know, I want to put in some macaroni and cheese or something in the microwave. And uh, when I do that, what is inside the microwave? It is a coffee mug. It's a coffee mug that my wife has stuck in there because she made her morning cup of coffee and then drank half of it, and then it got cold, and then she decided she was going to put it back in the microwave to warm it back up. That's no longer a problem for us anymore because of Black Rifle Coffee. Black Rifle Coffee is a veteran-owned and operated premium small-batch roast-to-order coffee company for people who love America. They import only the highest quality beans from around the world and always roast your order uh, to, uh, this is after you place it. So you place the order, they roast it all up for you. It's going to be the freshest coffee you've ever had in your entire life. They, they develop their great profiles of all the different cool flavors that they have. Uh, and it is really a cool thing that they do because they're always, um, you know, on top of this, they are the people who are coming up with the best possible uh, tasting coffee, the freshest coffee, veterans doing work 
that, you know, we are proud of Americans for doing. And this is just a great freaking company. I love these guys. Uh, Black Rifle uh, Company blends are available in whole bean and uh, ground varieties. They also have the roast available um, for uh, the little, you know, the little cup things. I don't know they call them rounds. So you can do that as well. Best way to enjoy uh, the freedom-filled coffee is with Black Rifle Coffee Club. You choose the amount and the blends that you crave, and they offer it to you at a special discounted price, shipped free directly to your home or office every single month. This added convenience allows you to keep working hard, making America the land of the free, the home of the brave, and you'll never have to rush to the store again. And that's, that's frankly really great right now because you're not allowed to go outside. Wake up to America's Coffee by going to blackriflecoffee.com slash stew. That's blackriflecoffee.com slash stew. Make sure to use the discount code stew because that's how they know you like this stupid show. Plus, you'll receive 20% off your first order of any coffee products, including the Black Rifle Coffee Club. It's blackriflecoffeeclub.com slash stew. The code is stew. So this has changed us the last few months. Uh, really, the last month has changed us. We've adopted all sorts of new things that we never thought we would do. Um, I was, uh, if, you, if you have a chance today, uh, check out uh, Stephen Crowder's show uh, that, of course, airs on Blaze TV. You can watch it on YouTube, louderwithcrowder.com. I was, uh, I, uh, was sitting in with him uh, today we were talking about how, like, things have really, really freaking changed. Uh, and to the, to the level of, I don't know that I would have imagined two months ago that any of this would even be really possible. You know? I mean, think about that. I remember when they started doing the lockdowns in Wuhan. I remember thinking, first of all, I didn't know Wuhan was a city. Secondly, I remember thinking, uh, holy crap, these people are nuts. And uh, the Chinese government are, are just absolutely terrible. Uh, all the people in there. And uh, I can't believe this authoritarian government would do sorts, these sorts of things. And look, they've gone a lot further than, than we have. But then Italy uh, started going on. And I remember when they shut down the Lombardy re- region and then it was the whole country. And it seemed like this is incredible. Do you believe an entire they're shutting countries down? You heard me you, you know, yapping about this every single night. Uh, this is different, guys. This is different because... I honestly have no real sense as to, uh, I'm not an epidemiologist, uh, everybody on Twitter uh, isn't either, um, but contextually, we can all look at what the hell is happening and realize, wait a minute, they don't, you know, the NBA really likes money. They really like money, and the fact that they're just bailing on their season in the middle of it because of one positive test, that's kind of strange. By the way, I was at a Dallas Mavs game four days before they closed the season, so that was, uh, was a nice realization. Brought my kids, too. Just uh, thought you'd like that idea. Um, then there was the, uh, you know, before that, there was South by Southwest. You know, the $350 million economic impact for whatever that's worth. It's a lot of money on the line. Hard to believe they would just cancel that. All these other leagues start canceling their seasons, delays, all these things going on. And then Italy is closing its country. This is not, you know, North Korea. This is Italy. This is a place that, you know, makes a huge amount of their money on tourism. And all of a sudden they're like, yeah, we're closed for a while. We'll, we'll, we'll see in a few months. This is something that we never saw before. And, and you know, if I, there was one monologue I did and people have brought it up to me since. It's like I said, this is the craziest thing we've ever been through in our entire lives. I mean, I, it really is. You know, people are kind of stuck on this debate of as to whether we should open the economy um, or whether we should continue um, and take this super seriously. And like there's, you know, it, it, it gets summarized a lot in the media where they say, well, if you care about the economy, you just want old people to die. Is that what you want? 
You want grandma to die? You want grandma to just croak over from COVID because you want to make a few extra dollars for an oil executive? I mean, look, that's the Bernie Sanders take of this. In reality, us adults have to sit and make these decisions, right? We have to think about these things all the time. We understand that for, you know, every single time you have a uh, situation where you're um, uh, you're dealing with um, a trade off where you have the economy on one side and you have human safety on the other. We're making those trade off decisions all the time. You know, if you if you really don't want people to die, well, you can, you know, we can do the matrix thing or we can just kind of get a tube, you know, a tube plugged into the back of our head. And we can get fed, you know, by liquids and never move. And we'll probably stay alive for the maximum amount of time. doesn't sound like a great life, though. We make these trade-offs all the time. And the economy, again, is not, it's not stock markets going up and down. The economy is our civilization. That's what it is. Okay? It's, a, it's shorthand for our civilization. That thing goes away. We don't have the ability to, to, have, to help others. We don't have the ability to have higher values. We don't have the ability to do anything because we're just starving. We're trying to get to, to food in any way possible. Societies that live in that world don't do all that well with the other things. Um, they, they don't really care about being woke. I can promise you that. Um, so it's interesting to kind of watch this. And as this sort of washes over us and you realize we've changed a lot of things. We've changed a lot of things about our life. And I thought we should go through a little bit of a list of the things we've changed and see which ones we want to keep and which ones we don't. Because some of them are cool, some of them I want out as soon as possible. Let me give you some that we should keep to start off. First of all, not shaking hands. I think the shaking hands thing should be out. The not shaking hand things, back in. I think that should stay later on. First of all, as we talked about with the flu, going to help with a lot of different illnesses. Going to keep a lot more people healthy and alive. And I think that's great. Secondly, I don't know what you've been picking or scratching. I, I don't even know what's going on with that. Okay, Hands go in icky places. I don't want to know about them. So let's not touch anymore. Cool? I think we're cool with that one. You could disagree with that. I know it's kind of a, uh, a little bit of a tradition in the United States. I'm just chucking it out after a month. I didn't really like it in the first place. I'll be honest with you. Not a big fan. Don't tell shaking hands that, but I'm not a fan of shaking hands. Um, not touching your face. There are some reasons you need to touch your face. You got an itch, right? You need to rub your eye. It happens. But uh, let's try to do it a lot less. Let's kind of keep it on this end of the spectrum rather than the other end of the end of the spectrum. I do feel like uh, that's a good way to go. If you go back to, I think, the second or third show we did, we had Svante, uh, Svante Thunberg, uh, Greta's dad, who did a speech, and I was watching, and I, all I could focus on was how many different ways he was touching his face. It was driving me insane. Let's not be Svante. In a, in a million different ways, let's not be Svante. Um, how about being considerate to others all the time, not just when they're sick? Now, all the time is a bit of a stretch. We're never going to get there. But I, I, I don't know if about you, but I have you feel that a uh, little bit more common feeling to be nice to your fellow man, to call a, a relative, to connect with someone, maybe send a little unexpected gift to uh, a friend or a relative. I feel like that's a good thing, something that we should kind of keep around maybe afterwards. Um, a vaccine. I want one for COVID-19. Let's get it. Let's keep it. Let's take it. Because I really would like to not have this happen ever again once the vaccine comes around. I would recommend the flu one as well. I know not everybody's in on that. But, you know, we got to get the, the higher those numbers get, 50% of, of the population gets vaccinated now. It's not perfect, but it, it can get us closer and closer to a situation where this thing doesn't get spread around quite as much. Um, police officers, 
focusing on major crimes instead of speeding tickets. Have you noticed this? I don't know if you've been out of the house at all. Many of you probably haven't. If you're in a really hard hit area, you probably don't get out as much as, uh, as we get to here. I'm still coming to this office every day. Uh, and I will say this, really like the traffic patterns right now. I know you're probably a little bummed by staying home, but uh, I never have to slow down on a road anymore. And honestly, I can get I can go pretty much as fast as I want. I think I've seen two police officers since this thing started. They don't care at all. They're worried about keeping people alive, which is kind of how I feel like they should feel most of the time. Uh, less speeding tickets. I think that's a good focus for us right now. Um, alcoholic beverages delivered to your door. This might not be happening where you are. I don't know what your situation is. I will say in Texas it's happening. I know several other states it's happening as well where they did this thing with all the restaurants. A big chunk of their income comes from alcoholic drinks. How are we going to do that with takeout? How are we going to do that with delivery? Well, they were just like, you know what? Just wave all those rules. Just let people get, uh, you know, pre-made drinks from a bar to your house. I have not actually taken advantage of this yet. Um, However, uh, I think it's a great development. And I will say, this is Texas, okay? That should be the norm. That should be the norm. Texas is a state, we're supposed to have freedom here. The idea that we'd have some dumb restriction that we're not allowed, we're allowed to drink alcohol at home, we're allowed to drink alcohol at the bar, but we're not allowed to have the bar bring alcohol to our home to drink. It just seems stupid. It's a nice little restriction. We've kind of had this little movement towards libertarianism when it comes to dumb rules in the middle of this, because when things matter, all the stupid regulations go away. I like that. Let's continue with that one. Um, And how about uh, Glenn Beck self-isolating at home? I think we can we we should all say that that's just going to continue. I think we can all agree on that one. Um, Washing our hands. You know, they get a little dry. Maybe we got to use moisturizer or something a little bit more. We can all be we can all be women now. We can all have the nice little flowery moisturizer and make our hands feel nice and soft and so they're not cracked. But the the issue of of washing our hands a little more frequently probably something good to keep around. How about stuff that we should get rid of? Um, working from home. Uh, you know, I I don't have to work from home fully, but I know I know where you are right now. You you love your spouse. You love your your significant other. You love your kids. Um, you don't love them 24 hours a day. You might say you do, but you probably don't. That one we can just kind of get rid of, right? We can, it's not bad to have somewhere to go. I think we all kind of agree at this point, going places is kind of cool. Uh, you have, let's see, get, getting lo- things we're going to lose, no large gatherings. I, you know, I can be a little bit of a, a loner. I can uh, be a little bit of a person who doesn't really need all that much human interaction, but a crowd is fun. Right. The Super Bowl, you've got that going on. You've got uh, concerts and parties and 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 sporting events. There's life to that. And I do like it. I can't wait for that to come back. I feel like that's going to be one of the last things that comes back. But eventually it will. Remote interviews. If you're doing a television show, this might be a little bit of a niche uh, part of this segment. If you're doing a television show, the remote interviews suck. The Skype doesn't work half the time. Whatever service we're using doesn't work half the time. Uh, the internet's going out all over the place because all you people are watching too much Netflix. It's, it, it drives, it's driving me crazy. We had a guest on today. The Wi-Fi wouldn't even work. Uh, you know, we have, this happened like 10 times. Half the time I talk and I ask a question, I have to sit there for like 30 seconds until they answer it because there's such a delay. It's driving me insane. Okay? Uh, things that drive me insane should go away. Um, how about increased media stupidity? We thought the media was dumb before. I almost am longing for the, the old days where all they cared about was like, you know, whether you, you know, were, not, were woke enough or not. 
I mean, uh, those times seem like antiquated at this point. I'd like that to go back. I, I, I would also like to get rid of hard to find toilet paper. Seems like a thing that should be easy to find. I would like it to be easy to find again. That's not too much to ask. And the last thing I would say, I want to go away, are the Cuomo brothers. I made a, a real, a choice I spent a lot of time considering to never watch Chris Cuomo on television. And now I can't, not only can I not avoid him, but I can't even avoid his brother. I want no more Cuomos in my life. Two Cuomos is too, too many Cuomos. I would go like to go back to the old situation where I had zero Cuomos, and that's where we should leave it. Back in a second. When you have models that project what the number of deaths are going to be or the number of hospitalizations, a model is as good as the assumptions that you put into the model. And when the assumptions are sometimes a little bit off, tweaked a little bit, you can get numbers that are far different than what the reality is. The thing that trumps models is real data. And as we continue to accumulate real data, you go back and modify the models. So that's the explanation for what you just said. Mm -hmm. Although one of the original models projected a 100 to 200,000 deaths, as we're getting more data and seeing the positive effect of mitigation, those numbers are gonna be downgraded, as you've said. I don't know exactly what the numbers are gonna be, but right now it looks like it's gonna be less than the original uh, projection. This is one of those things that's really hard, and I know it's statistical nerd land. Okay, I got it. I think most people want to look at this and say, I heard, I remember hearing in the media 2.5 million, and now they're saying 60,000. This is crazy. I understand that. Um, A lot of this is a problem with the media, not with Dr. Fauci, not even with the people building the models. Um, If you look at the, for example, the University of Washington model that has been talked about a lot, uh, it was at uh, 80,000, I think, the beginning of the month. Uh, Then it went up to 93,000. Then it went back down to 80, and now it's at 60,000. And people are saying, like, I can't believe they keep lowering these things. This is crazy. It's not really all that crazy. When you look at the model, you will see they have a margin of error built in there. The margin of error is there to describe the situation if things go a little bit better than they expect or a little bit worse than they expect. They're probably not going to nail these things. The idea that, that they can predict an exact number of dead out in front of this it, it makes it's impossible to decide. Like you yourself can change the number. You could walk out and go to a COVID uh, hospital and start breathing in air and get it. Be, there's an extra patient. We can, these are things they're trying to model. They're very difficult. Go read in a story from 538 about how difficult it is to model something like this. It's dozens of variables and we don't really have great data uh, for all, any of them. That should scare you of the fact that we're shutting down an economy. And it should scare you the fact that we're spending multiple trillions of dollars based on these models. But remember, this is built into, you know, what we're doing now is built into those models. The fact that things are going a little bit better than they expected is good. We should be happy with that. Uh, We've already committed to this until the end of the month. We we should hope their model goes down to exactly whatever deaths we have. You know, what do we have? 15,000 or something now. Good God, it's a terrible number already. I hope it doesn't go a minute above this. Remember, you know, I keep bringing this up, but we all were under the impression this is going to be less than 1,000 or 10,000 deaths not that long ago. Uh, It's already above our our best case scenarios. I don't want it to get to their scenarios, but like 
to, re, to I think a lot of people misunderstand this because the media continually enforces this idea. Like the two million number was never a number if we did social distancing. That's the that's if we only did certain types of mitigation and didn't do it this way. I will say this. It's all in the model. If you read the model and the literature around it, it's all in there. They explain every little bit of this. For example, one other issue that people aren't talking about is that initial model, which, you know, I've complained many times I thought was too high and still do, which was the Imperial College model. That's 18 months. So if we have flare ups, you know, six months from now, that's all included in what they were trying to model. I guess my point here is that like we 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 were looking for people to go crazy on. And I don't think, you know, the people that Trump has picked to help lead this coronavirus task force are the people we should be you know, targeting here. I think they're trying to do the best they can. And, and to, to be honest, it's it's really, really hard to do. Like they they're trying their best to get these numbers right. I think the issue is they better come up with a plan on the other side. Uh, Sarah Gonzalez talked about that. We need to come up with the, we have the economic plan now that needs to be put into place. Um, hopefully these numbers stay this low and there's not a second flare up of this. Uh, but we, we really don't know that yet. Um, before we, uh, we have another minute or so, let me give you this, uh, Boris Johnson out of ICU, very good development. We're obviously excited about that. Hate to lose someone as valuable. You know, look, he's a, he's, uh, he's a, an important world leader, obviously aligned closely with our country. And so we wish him well, hopefully he's coming out of this. Uh, Linda Tripp did pass away. Linda Tripp was, of course, the Monica Lewinsky uh, uh, from the Monica Lewinsky story, was one who recorded the calls, was also the one that mentioned to authorities, hey, you know this blue dress? You should check that blue dress out. I bet there's something there you're going to find interesting and disgusting. Uh, she did pass away. I will say this a little critical of the deadline obituary of her. Do you really need to include the line in her obituary? Uh, do we have it here? Uh, portrayed in the heart of a scandal by John Goodman. <laughs> I mean... The woman just died. Do you need to point out that she was played by John Goodman? I, that's just, I mean, that's just rude, is it not? We have an important show announcement. We're going to tell you about it right after this. Welcome back to the program, host of the News and Why It Matters, Sarah Gonzalez, also host of Sarah Gonzalez Unfiltered, on the YouTubes. Go over there, click subscribe, do the fancy thing where you click the bell, and then you say all notifications, because then every time Sarah posts something, you will see it before anyone else. Um, Sarah. Yes. First of all, congratulations. Thank you. You're going to be a mommy again. Again. Um, Good timing on this one. Good. It was, was not. No, no, that was not good no. timing at all. Really? No, I, in fact, do not recommend mm. being pregnant in the middle of a pandemic. Yeah, there's multiple reasons. First of all, you're bringing a child into a world that's likely going to be destroyed. <laughs> yeah. um, secondly, no alcohol. No, no. You got your kids at home all day. <laughs> yeah. And not only are they home, <laughs> but you're responsible for teaching them. Yes. No alcohol. Yeah. None. Home all day with mm-hmm. the kids. Mm-hmm. Get a new job. Oh, yeah. Teacher. Yeah. And then, but, uh, but you don't leave the old one. No, no, you don't keep that. We keep that one. <laughs> yeah. And then you also get extra time as the babysitter. Uh huh. And then you add on to that, no wine. Yeah. Mm, yeah. It's a good it formula is. You've, oh, you've crafted here. But I get sparkling water. Okay. Well. So and if I go real, I have a really crazy day. I add the lime. <laughs> oh. Okay. Yeah, I didn't so know that. I, I have go to crazy. reassess a little bit. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm fascinated at the way this is playing out. Like. We all we could talk about all the, you know, the terrible things that are going on with the economy. I want to get to the economy in a minute, too. But there's all this craziness out there. 
the, the way it's affecting regular average people and their daily life is really interesting to me because I think number one, it's going to change after this. There's going to be lots of changes that we are not, we have no idea what they are yet. But just as as of right now, like you know, we have these groups of people who seemingly go online with no other goal but to find someone who they do not think is social distancing correctly mm-hmm. and shame them into oblivion. Yes. I, I mean, I guess that's just an extension of social media coverage or a culture, but it is a, it's a bizarre one. I, I don't, I think it's more, it's definitely more than that. It is mm-hmm. more than that. It's a bunch of busybodies <laughs> who I think were used to a certain lifestyle and yeah. now they're in quarantine. They have absolutely nothing to do except try to find someone else <laughs> to complain about, I guess. And it's just, I, I'm a suburban mom, so I, I, can't, I feel I am able to criticize because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm speaking about myself here. It's totally suburban moms. <laughs> it's totally suburban yeah. moms. They're looking out their blinds. I actually, I did a YouTube video about this mm-hmm. on Sarah Gonzalez Unfiltered, but they're looking out their blinds and they're like, you know, telling their husbands <laughs> that Karen down the street mm-hmm. is when really she's the Karen, but Karen down the street is, you know, she's not abiding by six feet and it's just so out of control. And I'm thinking, do you people realize that we will be out of this one day and you're going to have to face your neighbors again? Yeah, and they're <laughs> going to hate gonna, your yeah, guts. What's going to happen then? Yeah, no, it's true. Uh, it's 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 just strange to go through because um, I think at some level it actually is a coping mechanism yeah. for people going through an impossible time, right? Um, it's a bad coping mechanism. Yeah, I was going to say probably find a better coping yeah, mechanism. Yeah, wine is I mean, a good wait, one. I was going to yeah, say yeah. just drink. <laughs> yeah, just drink. <laughs> Don't um, be pregnant like me, just drink. Just drink. Um, but it is like, I think that is something people are doing. I think it makes them feel sort of morally superior, feeling good in a bad time. Uh, it's not a healthy choice uh, at all. And it's not good. For, you know, you're being a jerk in yes. most cases. There are exceptions, obviously, like something really crazy. Maybe some criticism is deserved. But uh, the, most of the stuff I've seen has not been deserved. Mm-hmm. Um, so of the, most of the stuff I've seen have been like men are playing golf by themselves. Yes, this is a this is a th- an interesting one because this is happening here in Texas. And I'm surprised. Like, I, I, I got to say, I'm a Greg Abbott fan. Yes. I think he's done a good job as governor. I think he's done a, largely a good job in this crisis. But recently, was it this week, he he changed a rule on golf? Yeah, he decided to uh, rule golf courses non-essential, so they have to close during the pandemic. Previously, they were open. You could go outside because you're allowed to go outside. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure if everyone realizes that. You are allowed to go outside, Mm -hmm. and you can still socially distance, especially if you're just at the driving range. You go there. You bring your own golf clubs. They're yours, Mm -hmm. and you can go hit some balls. And apparently... Uh, nosy Nancy's couldn't stand it and <laughs> complained and complained. And now Greg Abbott has finally caved and golf courses will not be allowed to stay open. Yeah. Part of it is, is I think the terminology, right? Like obviously golf is non-essential. Right. Technically. Um, technically. How, however, like what we should, it shouldn't be essential or non-essential. It should be basically like what we can get away with yes. and, and what we can't like yes. yet. We can't do a concert with 50,000 people right now. Probably a bad idea. To have two guys out on a golf course standing six feet apart, and by the way, I don't know if you've ever seen how crappy golfers are. Basically, they never hit the ball anywhere near each other. So you almost it's almost just two people walking alone in a field. Right. And that has to be shut down for what purpose? Like, this is a great example of something you could do and keep yourself sane during this time. Yeah, I, I agree. And I got to tell you, I think there are a lot of wives right now who are really mad because... Most likely, the golf course was the only thing keeping their husbands sane. Yeah, and away from the house. Right. Right. Now they got to be back home. Yeah. Involved. You don't want that. Nobody wants that. Nobody wants us home. I'll tell you that. Um, I have, and you may have your own little jihad on this particular uh, this area. 
I have one on driving. They keep telling us not to drive anywhere. When I open up my little Waze app, Ugh. it says to me, don't drive unless yes. you really have to. Yes. Why? <laughs> there is no risk of spreading a virus while I'm driving. It's actually one of the, the things, again, it gets me out of the house. Mm-hmm. I'm doing something different. Yeah. It should be something that is a little bit, you know, out of the norm. Right. Right. It can distract me. Plus, I'm inside a car. I'm in a metal and glass enclosure. By yourself. By myself or yes. maybe with the family that I'm already with. Right. Yeah. No, I know. Well, and I, I take particular offense to ways. Yeah. Being big government, big brother, telling me, make sure that you're abiding by all of these guidelines. Excuse me, Waze, when did you become the government? Yeah. <laughs> I don't need you to tell me what I need to be doing. But um, I saw someone driving down the road by themselves, completely alone, in the car with a mask on. And I'm like, who are you trying to protect? <laughs> maybe it's, they just have bad breath. <laughs> maybe. Yeah, it could be something unrelated. But then you're smelling it yourself. Yeah, I guess right? you're, you're, maybe you take the nose out of the mask. I don't know how that works. Because, <laughs> uh, yeah, that's, it's really weird. Like, we've now seen a, uh, a dad get arrested yes. for playing catch with his daughter in a park. Yeah. First of all, incredibly traumatizing for the child. That's a and lawsuit so, waiting yeah. to happen. Oh, yeah. I mean, they have apo- the police have apologized for it now. Um, oh, good. Yeah, I mean, they apologize. I know, I know. I mean, it's, it's, it, at least it's not an ongoing policy, I don't think. Right. But, I mean, it is. A, it, like, the, these things are not necessary. And we're already being restricted enough, you know? It's, we're already at a point where we're kind of all going insane. Mm-hmm. None of us know what our future looks like. None of us have a plan on how this is going to end. And they take these little th- pieces of joy away from us. You know, a drive with your kids, with your family, you know, like you're not going, you're not stopping at a restaurant. Yeah. You can't. Uh, you can go through a drive-thru, though. Right. Um, and, you know, going out for a drive, going to see some scenery, you know, driving by, a, you know, a, a place. You know, I would never take a two-hour drive to go see some scenery. I've done it a couple of times in the past few weeks just because... Something to do, something right. cool to see, something different. Why not? Um, I will say, too, and I don't mean to, to bring it down, but there is it really is a big piece of mental health mm. being out and being able to go do stuff. I mean, we've seen a spike right now in domestic abuse cases and child abuse cases yeah. because everyone is stuck at home together. So to just say, oh, just stay shut in in your home and you can't drive and go out for anything. You can't go here. You can't go to the golf course. You can't decompress. That's dangerous. Yeah. I mean, it really is ultimately dangerous to the entire family when you're talking about someone who really needs that decompression period. Yeah, it's I don't I don't understand it. And you know, at some point, you know, look, we expect government at least here to overreach, to screw things up. It, it's pretty damn common. Yeah. Um and and there's no exceptions uh uh from for for the situation. I mean, they're doing all the things you'd expect government to do. Uh it, it's just I think at some level people maybe are accepting some of the nonsense because they see this as short-term and there's an end to it. Yeah, I would agree. Um, when does that end? I think the, I mean, you can't go beyond the end of the month. And, and, the and even then... the deadline is, is, the, is the deadline? It's got to be. Mm-hmm. I think it has to be. Because even then, I'm like, is everyone around me going to last? Everyone is, you know, on edge. Everyone's ready to get going. I know so many people who have been affected, you know, they've lost their jobs, they're furloughed, whatever the case may be. And we can't hang on for much longer because it's one thing to say, well, the economy started to do poorly on its own. It was going through a cyclical recession. But it's another thing to say the government forced us to close. The government forced us out of a job. And now I'm sitting here and I can't pay my bills. 6.6 million uh, again today was announced. Uh, Last three weeks, we had Brian Riedel on last week Mm -hmm. uh, on Thursday. 
And he said uh, it was already at the point where it was more than the entire Great Recession combined in two weeks. Um, Obviously, we can't take this for much longer as far as the economy goes. Um, And, you know, like people are talking about, well, you know, the doctors keep talking about how the social distancing is working. I tend to believe that that is true and that, of course, you're going to limit the spread of the virus when you don't see any other people. It's like saying, like, we've lowered car accidents by lowering the speed limit to four. Yeah, that's going to (laughs) work. I mean, yes, there's an expense to that, though, which is really large. And, you know, I've I've tended to think that the president has done a pretty good job walking in impossible lines so far. How do you see it? Yeah, I I totally agree. I think he's been placed in an impossible situation, especially when you consider, you know, the mainstream media outlets who are, it's their job to report on him, mm-hmm. you know that they're going to find fault with every single thing that he does. Yeah. And I think that he has walked that line well. I would have liked to have seen a little bit more, or at least felt like there was a little bit more clout given to the economic advisors, to you know, just the the fallout of the economy. Yeah. But he's doing that now. He's opening up a new task force. Mm-hmm. There will be a second task force. It will be, you know, focused on the economy and making sure that we get that back into gear. And I think that that was absolutely the right thing to do. I do wish it would have come a little bit sooner, Mm -hmm. but it's here now. Hopefully he can get that, you know, kickstarted and going because we need it. It's not a switch. We can't just flip it right back on. No, it's definitely true. And I think um, part of this is is a mistake. Like part of it, I think, is you have an unknown wave coming. You see how it's hitting places like Italy. You have to make sure that is not our entire country. Right. So you go and you take a really bold step that no one's ever seen before. And it gives us enough time to get more data to hopefully advance things like hydrochloroquine testing and, and studies. Um, and at the end of this, though, like I don't think New York is ready at the end of this month Correct, to come right. out of this thing. But Wyoming is right. Uh, quite clearly, there's going to be places that should be able to do this. We should be at a time now where we have enough testing um, to be able to pick up new outbreaks when they happen and get on top of them. Uh, is that sort of the path you see forward, sort of a patchwork uh, attempt to kind of open certain places and not others and yeah. and, and kind of slow roll it until we can figure everything out? Absolutely. I mean, there's no reason that so many of these businesses cannot be back open or I should say allowed yeah. to be back open, which is crazy when you think about it. The government allows them (laughs) to open back up, to open up their doors. And there are a lot of businesses, I think, that still, for the most part, could abide by social distancing guidelines. I think they really still could. But that's not what they did. They did this one solution, you know, one fix solves all. And they shut everything down without being without letting the entrepreneurs decide and determine can we fit the bill on this and abide by social distancing or can we not? You know, we can have certain people work from home. We could have certain essential people, essential people in the stores, making sure that we can open. So I think for sure we can do that. Yeah, and you know, this really all started with, I mean, it didn't all start with this, but like it really, I think, hit the American people when like the NBA canceled their season. There was nobody who told the NBA to cancel their season. They were like, "Uh, we think this is too big of a risk. We want this off. We don't affect our our people in our stands. We don't want that happening. South by Southwest canceled itself. A lot of that was led by the people, not the government. Um, And I think, you know, look, people have a they want to be alive, too. Uh, so I think they're going to watch this pretty carefully. It is a priority. Um, 6.6 million is a big number, though. Um, so we'll watch this task force uh, carefully. And, of course, you'll do that on News & Why, as well as Sarah Gonzalez unfiltered mocking suburban moms. That's what she does on this channel. She mocks suburban moms. Tell everybody because they can get pissed off at her next. That'll be fun. Sarah <laughs> Gonzalez, thanks so much for uh, coming on the program. Thank you. All right, back in a second. Only one nation has done this right throughout COVID-19. 
the proud nation of Turkmenistan. Turkmenistan is the only nation to cure this coronavirus. How do they do it? By banning the word coronavirus. Tomorrow on this program, a coronavirus-free show. That means tomorrow on this show, COVID-19 and coronavirus in general will be cured. Don't miss it. It's a very important show. And then we'll be back to giving you the disease on Monday.